today on The Breakdown, I'm not even going to dress this one up. I'm not going to put any lipstick on this, on this particular pig. This is a beautiful pig. This pig would win awards, and not just for being fat and tasty, but also because it's gorgeous. This is a pig that has emerged from its mother pig's womb, like made of porcelain, this pig. This is a hand. George Holmes, Corey Aldebeer, final hand of the main event of the World Series. What else do I have to say? Well, here's what. $3.7 million separates second and first place, and there is no chance in... Hell, these guys have made any kind of backhanded, backdoor, underhanded, you know, basement deal of any kind. (laughs) Is a basement deal? Is that a thing? (laughs) It's unclear. But they have not made a deal for sure. There's no way Corey Aldemir would have done that. So, I mean, this is the whole thing right here. And this is going to be, is this a spoiler? This is going to be the last hand of the main event. And... Holy moly, I can't believe the hand went down this way, and no one else can either. If you don't know what we're talking about, you have to listen. If you know what I'm talking about, you especially have to listen, because your eyes are bulging right now. Your ears are freaking bulging. You're so, you're just, oh, you cannot believe we're going to talk about this. I'm excited. Let's get to it on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. That was a a bit of a journey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we started with pigs, right? Yeah. Like, like, ward one. And then you you started to lose your voice. Yeah. And that helped a lot. That was really funny, too. And then I don't know what else happened. I can't remember. I sort of blacked out in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That's just. Who needs drugs if you're Jonathan Levy? You Felt just start great. talking until you get whipped up into a frenzy, and then you all of a sudden you're seeing <laughs> stars. You don't know what the hell's going on. You can't talk. Hacking up along. Everything's fine. Feels amazing. He's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're, never, we're not replacing that opening. That's one of my favorite openings of, for a while. Oh, my God. Well, you guys know the hand, right? You probably I mean, know the on. hand. And if you don't, that's great. Um, sorry that it was spoiled for you, but that's kind of on you at this point. Yeah, it's like, yeah, on. Ned Stark dies at the end of season one. Okay, deal with it. I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing we still catch a little flat for. I know. But the, but the end of the main event, if anyone's listening to this and doesn't know who won the, end, the main event and is upset that we mentioned it, I mean, they can go jump off a uh, hog. I mean, you should probably be hog. quarantining yourself from any poker content, including yeah. this podcast, if you were in January trying to not figure out who won the main event so you could watch it later, I guess. I mean, also, as Grant mentioned, we do spoilers anyway, sort of without even meaning to a lot of them. Right. So, you know. Like, so basically, screw you guys. Yeah, we don't care about your emotions. We care about your heart. Yeah. Which is different because the heart doesn't... Like, I care about how much does it cost. How much would it cost for me to get your heart, listener? And I don't mean, like, the metaphorical. Right. I mean, like, physically. Yeah. How much are you charging for that thing? And to be clear, it's not because Grant needs the heart. He just wants it. I have a collection. Yeah. Not in jars. Not in jars. And I have a question for you, Jonathan. And I think you would agree when I ask this question with a very pointed (laughs) direction. Okay. What is need? And does a collector of hearts really need a heart less... (laughs) Than, oh, than somebody who needs oxygen to survive? Well, like, what is need to you, Jonathan? I mean, I think you sort of defined it yourself. Yeah. A need would be something that you, without it, you would actually perish. Mm, that might be a classic, I would call caveman dumb brain definition. <laughs> but for, 
those of us who are interested in the non-fungible, and I'm not talking mm. about NFTs, I'm talking about human hearts here. I mean, those are non-fungible. They are sure. non-fungible. I mean, you can well, replace one person's heart with another person's heart, but sometimes that's, that's not truly fungible because it's never it's quite. The this, it's yeah. never quite as. They're not commodities. Yeah. And each heart is unique, which is why I want more. All of them in the collection. <laughs> you want all of them. <laughs> yeah. Admit it. Yeah. You don't have enough space for all. That's no. the thing. That's your. That's really the real conundrum for you, and that's why you haven't killed everyone yet. Not right. that you would kill to get the hearts. No, but you might kill. To I'm. Get the I'm hearts. offering to pay. Yeah. What? It, what? It, what's the most you paid for a heart, and what's the least you paid it for a heart? I just want to get a feel for the range that, like, and then successfully, of course, procured. Them. Well, it's, it's it's tough because I pay in different currencies, right? Oh. So it's it's difficult to define. How, like, how much is a human finger worth? Because I've given my pinky <laughs> finger. I've given my pinky finger for a really high-quality heart that I was like, it's worth it. And I had to bite off my own pinky finger. Wow. Yeah. So what's happening now on your hand? Because Prosthetic. The heart I got Amazing. was worth so much money, I resold that on the black market. You flipped the heart? <laughs> I'm a heart... <laughs> You're going to be okay, buddy? No, gonna no make I'm, it not, I'm not going to make it, but we cannot stop. This is too good. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad. All right. So... Um, yeah, so the pinky finger is probably the most I've paid, if we're going with that. Uh, the, yeah. the least I've paid is $4. $4. Now, where was this? Because there are certain, certain like, countries where $4 would actually be at least a reasonable, a reasonable Canada. <laughs> was it for American or for Canadian? It was for American dollars. Well, that's good, at least, because that's worth, like, And I showed them the greenbacks. I showed them the greenbacks. You know, they couldn't say no. I mean, that is powerful. Their, their money's got all those colors on it. They're like, that's just green. Honestly, here's a little tip for all listeners. If you want something... Take out cash and put it in the person's hand who you want it from. It's hard to give back the cash once it's in someone's hand. If it's a reasonable, if it's, even if you're at the bottom range of what they say they want or even a little below it, it's hard to give back that cash, well, that's, man. That's what happened to Jimmy from Alberta. <laughs> Four dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was Jimmy a, and I'm just spitballing here, a crack addict or something? What the fuck, man? Because, you know, you crack think addicts I'm, would do I, anything you, you for think, Four dollars. Wow. That's not true. You think, you think I'm doing this? You think I'm, I'm exploiting the people who have addiction <laughs> problems? I don't wow. Know. I'm just a, a, a lowly heart collector. I'm not a, I'm not a monster. So what's Jimmy's story that he's like, yeah, I'll sell you this heart for Jimmy's $4. an insurance salesman. It was a bad year. Yeah. You know? And so rather than kill himself. Obamacare got him. You know? <laughs> Even though he lives in Canada. Yeah, he's got him anyway. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, so, so this was like... So when people sell you their hearts... First of all, do you get them right away, or does it like once they die you get them? Are you like, are you like have like a, a well, deed to their heart, or do you actually get the heart right away? Because that feels like important. And then, how do you get the heart when you get the heart? Let me specify: there is a death. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, okay. And even even in that way, like yeah. Jimmy, let's say, so there was a death. Yeah. Jimmy, I'm guessing is the one who died. Probably. It's, po- it's probably. Yeah. So once Jimmy's dead. Uh huh. Or, or a hypothetical Jimmy in this case. I don't want to get you any trouble. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to get any trouble Trude- here. Trudeau can't reach his tentacles down here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> like, still, how do you get the heart, you know, from Jimmy's body to your I got a guy. grubby hands? You got a guy? Yeah. The guy with you at all times? Yeah. My how heart guy. Pay, how much do you pay the guy? You don't see this guy behind me? <laughs> I, I do not. Do you see how he's eyeing your chest area? I don't see anything. It's interesting. What, um, how much do you pay this guy? This guy? The heart guy. I, he gets one out of every 10 hearts. But so I, he, I get to pick which one. But why would he, why wouldn't he just get all the hearts? Oh, because he can't afford to buy them. No, he's... But well, for, he no, must have been pulling no, his hair out as the $4 heart. He doesn't know how to negotiate. Yeah. He's not good at getting the heart, you know? Yeah. It's not about affording. It's about the ability to get it. Right. That's true. Because any amount of money, it's more about the persuasion, yeah. right? Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, you want to do a little role play right now just so the listeners can get a sense of how you might... Yeah, let's pretend it's role play and not real life. Okay. Because that's what it is. You be you, I'll be me. Yeah, let's let's yeah, role play that way. I'm great to ask you, Jonathan Levy. We're just, let's uh, see. Uh, let's see. You try to get my heart. Yeah. Okay. For, for some, some. Uh, hey, you, you see, you catch that basketball game last night? It was a great game. Great yeah, game. it was good. You see how those guys were running up and down the floor real fast? Of course. Yeah, I love that. It must the have athleticism. been pretty annoying for them how their hearts kept beating really hard. <laughs> it's like a loud thudding in their chest. <laughs> You know, yeah. Even after they sit huh. on the bench for a while, they're just like, can you see how they're panting and breathing? Huh. None of that stuff would that... have been happening to them if they didn't have a heart well, in their body. But what about the panting and breathing is more oxygen based, right? Yeah, but they need the heart in order to be able to function the rest uh, of the body. You see? Yeah, yeah. And true. and at the same time as they're dealing with system. all that shit, be, that's you know facilitated by this lowly bastard heart that they have in their bodies. <laughs> the heart itself is beating quite quickly. Yeah, hard. It's it, it, it's like you feel it on the inside of your rib cage. It's like a cloying feeling. You're like, what are you, what are you doing in there, man? Yeah, you know. Like sometimes, and maybe maybe this is just me, but maybe you too, Jonathan. Maybe sometimes you ask yourself, "Do I really even want this thing anymore? This I mean, this heart? I mean, it's like we've given it this name that people kind of take and they associate it with love. But yeah. let's like let's take a look at this gross, grimy, slimy thing that's just inside your body. It's just in there. It's it's infesting you. You are making a lot of sense right yeah. now. I mean. Surely we all would agree that the emotions don't actually come from your heart. Of course, it's from your brain. brain, right? Yeah. So that's so the heart. Those is, players were all it's very a fucking lie. Those players were all very happy to have their brains. Yeah. Uh, find me, find me one who was like, yeah, I'm so glad I have a heart right now. No, you're not. It, it, it's it's beating too hard. I never thought to myself, boy, I'd love to get rid of this heart, or boy, I wish I didn't have it. But now that you're talking, yeah, yeah. I can see the appeal. Here's the thing that's really interesting for you. Yeah. You just happen to be talking to a guy who can help you out, and. Huh. It's not just that I can remove the heart from your body and make it so you don't have to deal with all that stuff. I'll actually compensate you a little bit because you know why? Because it's it's a win win. I'm I'm a trader by by trade. You know I trade hearts yeah. um, and collect them. So so to me, this disgusting thing that that most people don't want to have, it has some value to me. So I'm one of the few people in the world who will find value in the heart that's inside your body, including you. So I'm going to step outside the role play just yeah. for a moment. So clearly. Some percentage of the people are, that's going to be it. Like, that's yeah. going to do it. But then I got to think some of the time it's going to go a little bit like this. Someone's going to say, because this is what I, as Jonathan might say, it feels like this whole conversation, though, is maybe a setup. Like, I feel like you've been selling me something the whole time here. Like, is this just, are you just like a sales guy? Oh, you don't like talking about basketball? I interesting, because I, I feel do. like I've talked with, about basketball with you a lot. Yeah, so I it's kind of interesting that you would go there and you mm. would think that about me, a friend of yours. I do really like talking about basketball. So you should probably apologize. I'm sorry, basketball. And Grant. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, guys. Thank you. I, I'm sure you understand I'm going to have to knock a little bit off the price now. After Sure, this. let's let's negotiate. Okay. I'll give, you one, I'll give you one basketball for your heart. I mean, come on. Spalding. I don't feel that's enough. Okay, one Spalding and one Wilson. That's a little better, but... Can you, like... That's a, that's a diverse portfolio. I feel like, I feel like it's a, a big give up for me. And in fairness, as I mean, there's a Walmart not far from here. I might be able to find both of those, you know, at the Walmart. So I feel like I need at least, I need more basketballs than that. How about a tennis ball? Wow. Really? Along with the basketball? Yeah, yeah. Three, three balls now total you got. You know, I did tell you that I saw King Richard last night uh-huh. about tennis, about yeah. Venus and Serena Williams. And, oh, you uh, know what? I'll give you a whole, a whole three ball sleeve of tennis balls. Do you mean New a, ones. A can? Yeah. Why did you call them a sleeve? I don't know. I've been thinking about Oreos. That was weird. Um, thinking about Oreos... Are there sleeves of Oreos? What's happening right now? You don't, you don't call it a sleeve. The sleep. sale's off! You've ruined it! 
You've ruined it. I'm out of here. I was oh. this close. Oh, I'll get you that. You really blew it. Oh, I'll get that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so that's typically how it goes. Oh, okay. No, I, I can see how that's going to work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, letting us know. And I don't know if... I know we were just role-playing, but if... I mean, if you were... If also you were serious, we could... Yeah, we could talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, I, won't I, do that. I, won't do that. I could throw in a golf ball or two. <laughs> you know. Won't do that. I got, some, I got some promotional stuff that I can throw in. Okay, so... So that's a normal thing to do. So we did that. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, people. I just checked to make sure we were still recording. I was like, if that wasn't recording, <laughs> so help me. But it was. Yeah. Thank so, goodness. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, put a link in, or a, a timestamp in the description <laughs> for all the people who don't want to hear all that stuff. Wow. Because, yeah. yeah, so this is so a little, little inside baseball. We just had a bit of a Thanksgiving break, which we've talked about in our Solver stuff recently. Um, this is the first actual podcast we've done since we got back. So I guess it looks like we're stretching our legs a little bit. That's what it seems like based on the conversation that we just had. But let's let's bring it a little bit closer to home or to homes, if wow. you will. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. That was that was awesome. By the way, the link will be at a 1250 or so. Uh, 1250 wanna... is not where you're going to tell me because uh, we're going to talk more about some other oh. bullshit before we get to the hand. Sorry. But it will be related to the hand. Um, Great. Yeah. So... Well, George Holmes. That's yeah, his first George name. Holmes. George Holmes, Corey Aldemir. Has, has there ever been more perfect of a matchup for heads up for the main event of like polar opposites of, of the poker world? Here's what I'm going to tell you. So George Holmes, career live earnings on Hendon are, is how much? It was like 50000 or something because he had cashed in the main event before. Oh, you do that. Okay. And he's, he doesn't play other tournaments, really. He has two caches in his life. That's correct. Uh, one in from the 2019 main event for, as you said, $50,855, and one from, well, the most recent main yeah. event for a lot more money, for several million, of course, which we'll get into. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And if we were going to compare that to Corey Aldemir's... Yeah. I mean, do you know... Do you, know Corey, you may know this because... He was $12 million before the main event. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's at $20 million now. He's 31st all-time on the money list. This is a pretty interesting dichotomy we got going here yeah yeah so it's not quite money maker but it's no. got that feel the homes has that feel so yeah i agree i agree um if homes if homes can somehow win this yeah that's my this is my question if Holmes somehow wins this thing what's the effect on poker is it big is it nothing what is it i think it's pretty small okay um, it's possible that this is because i just saw king richard last night and it's about many things but part of it is about like, so Venus Williams, when she's 12 years old, is like this phenom in California and goes 63 and 0, beats everyone she's ever played. And then rather than going to juniors, which is what everyone does, um, and then like you play tennis and you lose all these tournaments, then you go pro. That's how everyone has always done it. They decide not to do that, right? So she doesn't play any juniors and she decides to go pro two years later. In her first match, um, there's a huge like swelling of excitement to see how good she really is. And Nike offers her $3 million um, to be the face of Nike tennis because not just because she's really good, although that's part of it. She's actually, everyone knows she's going to be like incredible, but also because she's a young African American woman and they feel like she's going to be like, reach out to a demographic. They, they don't touch at all. Right. Right. And George Holmes in some ways has a little bit of that going for him. Right. Like what have we ever, ha- what was the last time we had an African American winner of the main event? Have we ever had that? No, we have not. So like, that feels like that would have to have some impact, yeah. but yet still, he's still just a middle-aged guy. 
who doesn't really play poker, I don't believe would have a huge impact. He's, but I think it would matter a little bit. And he's not exactly an everyman either, the no. way that Moneymaker was. He's like a bank executive. Yeah. So that, that like the Moneymaker thing was like, this guy has no money. Like, he right. is down on his luck. It was a $40 tournament, a $40 satellite. His dad paid for, like, his hotel room yeah. and stuff like that. Uh yeah, I mean, he was really, he was an accountant. Like, he, he was taking a shot, whereas Holmes different. can afford the 10K buy-in every year, and it's not a yeah. problem for him. I got it, but I still think, I got to believe it would have at least some impact in terms of the demographics. The demographics of poker players would change at least a little bit for a while, I think, if he were to win. Like, that would be newsy. Do you th- right? I, think, I think the most important thing that most people who are as into poker as uh, enough to listen to this podcast would be asking is, would it bring more recreational players into the game? I think it would bring a, a some, but not a lot more. Okay. You know, like... Anytime, not, not, any, like, not like Moneymaker, of no, course. Well, no, no one's ever going to be like that again. Yeah. Because that was before anyone cared about poker, and then, then for a while everyone did. Yeah. So it's too late to ever replicate that. But I think you would, you, anytime an amateur wins, I think that's going to bring a few more recreational players in. I think if it was George Holmes, he'd bring a few more because I believe, and maybe this is crazy, but I believe some African-American folks who don't play poker might get a little more interested in it. You know, I think that's how it works sometimes. Yeah. You know? That's like Tiger Woods started playing golf, and then suddenly there are a lot more young African-American golfers. Like People just because you, know, you see someone who looks like you, you're more interested in maybe trying it. You see it's possible, right? Sure. That's not crazy. So, so I think there'd be at least a small impact, but I think it'd be pretty small because, like you said, he's a banker. Yeah. He, he also isn't particularly charismatic. He's a nice guy. Sure. Yeah. But he's not like... It is not like a great interview. It doesn't have a great story. Right. I don't think it would have been that big. It's much better if he's poor. I mean, really? Yeah. Like, that's the story. I right. mean, that's that, the Moneymaker story. That's why Moneymaker worked. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Moneymaker continues to this day to be one of the most famous players in the world without really any results to back it up yeah, except we... that first one. I mean, he's had a few other things, but he's played so many tournaments by, you know, just mathematically, he's got, he should have won other things. He really never has. We, back a while ago, you and I were speculating on how much money mm, moneymaker has lost poker stars in tournament buy-ins and you know he's definitely gotten better but he's not is like this is this is going to sound disparaging it's not meant to but moneymaker i would i would qualify as a rec- as not a recreational poker player but a professional poker player because that is what he does for yeah, a living, yeah right? i think so because sponsorship which is now acr sponsorship i think yeah it is allows him to live he this is. life as a poker player he's also like i think tried to get better and like thinks about right. it to but some he's, degree or whatever but it's so weird to think of him as a professional poker player with the knowledge that he almost certainly has lost millions of dollars. I think he's down in millions. net. Like that, I think he's down not, not, not just lost in buy-ins, but like down millions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Down millions. Yeah. I mean, what, I'm just going to look Inclu- him up right including now. Including his main event win, by the way. Of course. Yeah. I mean, well, he only won five million. And he had to give away half of that. Two and a half. He won two and a half. Was it only two and a half? Good Lord. What do you think uh, Chris Money... Oh, that's the that's Bo Moneymaker. What do you think Chris Moneymaker's all-time uh, Hendon Mob is? Uh, something like 3.8. I mean, you're so weirdly good at this. 3.95. So he won two and a half, like you said. That was in 2003. Yeah. So in all these 18 years, he's won another one point, less than 1.5 million. He's played all the big events. Yeah, he's, and he's been bought into all those big. How events. many? He's down so much money; it's insane. What? What are? He's got to be one of the biggest losers on the circuit. What is his average annual buy-in? Do you think in these events? I mean, he doesn't play the really. He plays all the 10ks. He basically. doesn't play 50ks. And stuff, I don't no. think he plays 25 either. Yeah. Um, I don't know if ACR is actually buying him in full either. Maybe he pays for some of it. I don't know yeah. what his deal is, but certainly Poker Stars they for, were was buying him into everything for a very long. Plus, time. they were paying for his hotel and stuff, of course. Oh, I mean, also he got a salary. Yeah. too. Like. He, I mean, in fairness, that worked. Like, they built a whole oh, yeah. thing around it. That's, that's a good happy. It's a good deal for poker yeah. stars. No, yeah. it went really well. It's a good deal for both of them. Um, because, yeah, I would guess Chris Moneymaker's lost, like, 5 to $10 million. Probably yeah. closer to 10 
is my guess. Without really knowing what I'm talking about, that's my that's a pretty reasonable guess if it's been 18 years playing all the 10Ks everywhere in the world, basically. Yet he is legitimately a professional poker player. Yeah. So of does, course he is. Does that and this is the really disparaging part. Does that make him the least skilled professional poker player in the world? Well, let's call it the least successful. Least successful professional. It's not really po- fair to say. Well, that's not that's not even the right way to say it because he probably makes a lot more money. That like there's lots of guys from, from a poker results point of view. From a poker successful. results point of view, but there's plenty of dudes who are scraping by in 40k a year who are professional poker players yes. because they are playing low stakes but are able to make it work enough to survive. I mean, if Chris Moneymaker was playing much smaller buy-ins. He could. He might be able to do it. I don't know. We it's don't, possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's he, possible if he was playing five hundred dollar events, he'd be a, a winning player. But he's playing, yeah. he's playing ten k events all the time, yeah. and a lot of them are like EPT events where it's like not easy fields, right? You know, and since they were all free buy-ins, why? Would, of course, he played them. I'm not know? saying he's got an easy path to success. No, I'm just saying I'm wondering that. I'm saying it's possible he isn't the least skilled. That's what right. I'm saying. But I think if we're doing like who's in the bottom one percent of yeah. guys who only play, moneymaker's got to be there. And I know that's like. Not going to go over well with the poker world if this if like people decide to put this out yeah. there, but it's got to be true, doesn't it? Like the only other people who lose this much money are the whales. Moneymaker's a whale. Yeah, like everyone. I, I watched him play in the main event, by the way, and he made a lot of what I thought were really thin value bets, too thin, even though they worked. I was like, really, you're going all in on the river with just this overpair? Like after you went, you know, five bet pre bet bet shove, really? And then the guy like thinks forever and calls him like queens, you know, on like a nine high board and he gets to win this monster pot. But I was like, but even him shoving, I was like, is that good? I don't think that's even good, you know, and it happened to work. He got called by like the one combo, not the one combo, the one, the one hand really that he, the guy can really end up showing up with here. Maybe two, maybe it's queens and jacks or something, but you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know, man. I, I think he makes big mistakes and I think I watched him do it in the main event this year as well. And that's okay. That's just what he is and who he is. There's a lot of guys who do that, but he's just doing it on TV more and he's doing it to the tune of a, a crazy amount of buy-ins and he doesn't have to do anything else for money. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's an interesting intellectual exercise to think yeah. about that as like, I don't know, maybe you gentle listener won't, wouldn't define somebody who's a losing poker player as a professional poker player. You could say he's a, he's an advertising guy too. Like yeah. he's a marketing guy really. And he happens to play poker for his marketing job. And that's a reasonable way to look at it. Yeah. I so, suppose that, so, it is. so then you could say he's not a professional poker player, right? He's an influencer. That's right. actually, you know, he's an influencer. That's actually what he is. Yeah, I suppose that's correct. He would like to be a professional poker player, but he's not good enough to be, and that's just, that's the sad truth. Yeah, but he's a nice guy, and that's, seems like it. That's why I guess like that's a key part of him being able to be successful in the way that he is is that he has to be a, a digestible person for people to be like, yeah, I can root for this guy. I agree. Um, I'll say this: I was rooting for him. Like he had a big stack, like on day five. And I was like, let's do this, man. Well, like, uh, I, I mean, would love to see this. It would have been super cool if Moneymaker did a, a deep right. run. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would actually, it m- that might be the thing, which yeah. gets the whole world really excited about poker again, if anything does. The it double Moneymaker effect? I mean, what, 20 years later, he wins again? Like, yeah. oh my God, insane. And now, instead of there being 500 players, there's 8,000 and he yeah. won? Like, that would drive the whole world crazy. I think. Yes, That'd it would. be amazing. Um, but that isn't why I was rooting for him. I was just rooting for him because I'm like, yeah, it's Moneymaker. Of course I want him to do well. Like, I think it's, and I want to watch him play, and he does play interesting. Yeah. You know? But I don't think it's good interesting. I think it's just interesting. Mm. And that's the sad truth. And that's, that's okay, but that's how it is. Yeah. Sorry, everyone who loves him and hates that we said that. Yeah, well, that's, you know. That's the world, man. We're willing to be canceled, especially <laughs> you. Yeah, I don't care. Cancel us. It doesn't matter to me. All right, now is when you should note the time because we're going to get into okay. the analysis now. We're going to do it now? Yeah. It's uh, 23 minutes. Uh, okay, well, almost now. Uh, because we're going to say, who suggested this hand? That's fine. The Casper, Cole Cameron, Derek B23, Phineas Dickman, 
S Fighter, Mike F, 5x5, and Danny Sprung. Most of these suggestions came on Discord, which is where you should be. Dancing. Dancing. There's a link to our Discord server in the podcast description. That's where we have a lot of fun. We post these hands for discussion with the community, and you can talk about your hands in different threads and just shoot the shit in other ways. It's fun. I mean, you didn't even get that, though, when I said dancing. What, was it? what did I mean? Dancing? Yeah. Ted dancing? No. You said you should be, and I said dancing, like oh. the Bee Gees song. You should be dancing. How do you not get that? I'm not a Bee Gees. These are the people I work with. I'm not a Bee Gees aficionado. Yeah, I see that now. Okay. I'm too busy collecting hearts. Uh. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, All right, did, let's get into the hand. that whole heart bit. This is like an exciting hand. We haven't gotten to it. Let's get to we it. Did the whole heart bit, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> it's a long time ago. All right, so this has been, as usually, a long, a long final table, and we're heads up now. Um, George Holmes, the amateur, with $194 million at the $2.4 million big blind. I mean, he's... Cu- like, when they... Like, Alderman had a... Dominating stack most of the way through this final table. Yeah. Holmes was the was in the lead for some of this heads up. Too. Yeah. And now it's like super close. Yeah. It's exciting. Aldemir's got about 10 million more. He's got 205 to Holmes 194. Yeah. Holmes has King of Clubs, Queen of Spades is going to open a six million from the small blind slash dealer. We're at, we're at 1.53. No. 2.4. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You probably said that. I was, you know, didn't didn't pick up on it. I did say that. I wasn't listening. But okay, 2.4. Fair enough. Totally reasonable. Whatever. Ald- so, Holmes, so Holmes has like 40, 80. Oh, wow. He's got like 77 blinds here, 78 blinds. Yeah, and he's the effective stack. Okay. So, you know, it's still a good... There's a lot of play. A good tournament structure. Yeah. The, the old main event. Aldemir with 205. Calls from the big blind with 10-7 of diamonds. Sure. I don't think we have much to say here. I have nothing to say here. We're going to have something to say about the flop. Great. 14.4 million in the pot. The flop is 10 of hearts, 7 of spades, deuce of hearts. Aldemir flops top two. George Holmes flops absolutely nothing. Zip and pip. King queen of nothing. No backdoor flush draw. Nothing like that. I like that. King queen of nothing. Yeah. Sounds like you are nothing. You have no sovereignty over anything at all. That's correct. Yeah. Aldemir is going to check. Sure. You can make the argument for leading, but Holmes Come C-bets. On. If you watch the match, Holmes C-bets a lot. So. Yeah. Holmes is going to C-bet. Okay. Should, should he C-bet? I think it's okay to C-bet. Um, I think we have to have a clear plan if we're going to C-bet. And I think we should, on this kind of board, we should probably, um, you know, not bet tiny. Not bet tiny, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's going to hit Aldemir a fair amount. He's yeah. going to have plenty of gut shots, one pair hands. It's really fine to check this back, though, of course. And yeah, we, we really didn't flop anything. The 10 is the only saving grace on this board. We have yeah. backdoor straight draw. But, you know, a lot of times we're going to bet and just take it down even so, right? So it can't be that bad to bet. It just can't be heads up where he's, where he's calling like so much, so wide. Yeah. Can't be that bad. I think this might be a hand to check back on yeah. this board, though. King, queen with no heart. It's just like, like so few. Like you're really rooting for paint. If you don't hit paint on the turn, what do you, I guess a nine. Like there's very little. An also, ace, what, an is, ace and a nine what does Aldemir have that he's folding? He doesn't have that many aces in his range. And if he does have an ace, he's probably going to call once. You need him to have like weird, ugly stuff like, like king queen, six. Yeah, queen five suited. Yeah, five, six. Um, stuff like that. Not of hearts, of course. Eight, five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got some stuff, but maybe it's not enough. Maybe this has just got to be... It's okay to have checkbacks, and King King High is a pretty good checkback, too, I will say. Yeah, that. you can improve. And yeah, King Queen High is. You don't need to win this pot right now. It's just one bet. It's true. It's a small pot, but he's going to bet. Yeah. And that's... It can't be that bad, right? We're heads up. It's the main event. It can't yep. be that bad. He bets six million into 14.4. You want it to be a little bigger? I think I do. I think I do. I think we should be betting like eight. 
Well, that does would, it matter? That would have been idiotic because Aldmer is top two. Yeah, so you don't want to lose that extra two but million. I, but I think we want, in general, we want to bet. We want to bet eight here because this is better for his range than ours. It's it's probably doesn't actually practically matter though, right? Like if we bet six or eight, are we really folding out any difference? Any different amount of hands? Maybe the slightest bit, a few combos. It probably doesn't matter. So maybe he's better off betting six. Maybe he is. I mean, he's not betting three, right? He's he is betting half pot almost. So it's yeah, not, it can't be too bad. No, this is fine. I don't think it's worth Agreed. quibbling over. Okay. As Aldemir, do you ever just call, or are you thinking raises the way? Like the, the only reason I could really have to call here is if I see that Holmes likes to double barrel. Yeah. If he's a big double barrel guy, then sure, I think we can call with the intention of mostly going call, call, call most of the time, right? Uh, depending on the turn, of course. Yeah. Whatever. Sometimes maybe there's some check raises in there, even on the turn, but we have to start to be careful. Like if a five comes off, I guess we could do some check raises on the turn. But... Mostly, I think we should be raising this as a wet board. This hits our range better than his. We're probably going to raise this as a, as a bluff sometimes. Semi-bluff and sometimes maybe even just like a really thin semi-bluff, like a gut shot. This is a monster hand. We do block some of the stuff that can call us, but, you know, we've got... This is like a dream flop for us. You know, like, maybe we can win the main event right now. I mean, Holmes, he, he goes big with a lot of his bet sizing in, in certain cases. I think if he had hearts, he might just shove if we raised, you know? Wow. Well, then we'd have to just be... Ha- I mean, we're so happy to call right now yeah. on, this, on this flop. Like, we can just... What are we losing to? So little. Yeah. Just sets. Oh, my God. So that's a reason to want to go for it. Yeah. Even if we block some of the most... Some of the easiest hands from the call with. Like yeah, it's one times. of those opportunities where, like, this is the hand where you could win the main event. Yeah. So yeah. We, I feel like we should take it because of that. Especially because he's an amateur also. He may make some, like, looser, worse plays than, like, yeah. someone who's really thoughtful. I want to revisit one thing you said earlier okay. before we continue when the pot gets bloated. Cool. Because we didn't really talk about it, but they are really playing for $3.7 million. There is no way, as you said in your opening, that these guys made a deal. Aldemir would never make a deal with Holmes. Never. But also, you can't make a deal with somebody you don't know at all when the WSOP won't facilitate it. I mean, the only the, the thing is, though, sometimes there's some middle guys. Yeah. Like, if, you, like, if you both know someone who can vouch for the other guy and you're good, close enough with them, yeah. you, that, that does happen. Like, Deals certainly happen at the main, at the World Series for three point seven, almost never for this much money. Yeah, it's like, kind. But like when Dan Harrington made the final table, um, the year not the year Moneymaker did, but earlier because he had made it like a few years before. I think the the um, Chris Ferguson year. I think he also made it. Okay, so like three years before. Apparently, he tried to make a deal at every like when they were nine handed, when they were eight handed, when they were seven handed. He like kept bringing the guys and tried to make a deal, and no one ever wanted to do it. But he tried every single time. So like people try. Even for the bigger amounts of money. Now Harrington knew everyone probably. That was a different, was a different time, and it's also a different amount of money. Like we're talking about millions and millions of dollars here. Whereas yeah, that's true. first place was what one million for first, probably less. Yeah, actually back then, maybe it was a million for first. But you know, that was probably more money than ever people had ever won in poker. So it probably felt similarly. Like it to Corey Aldemir, like and to banking George Holmes, maybe three point seven is a similar amount to like what a million dollars was to Chris Ferguson in two thousand one. Also inflation. Yeah, I mean, but I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Having said all that, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of money. To just be like, yeah, I trust you. Of course, yeah. no. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, who could I? Who could vouch? Let's say it's me and George Holmes. We're heads up. Who would who would I actually say like, okay, we can actually make a deal here? Um, who could vouch for George Holmes to the degree where I would put 3.7 million online? I don't know if there's anyone. Like, it, if it like were if you said to me, sorry. I don't think it would be enough if it were me. It would have to be right. me, and I would have to say a, make a very compelling case too. It could, I couldn't just vouch. You would have to actually say something like, not only do I have. You know, two, I have $2 million of my own money that I'm willing to pay you if he screws you. Yeah. You know, like that. So that you have some insurance even. Like, that's how good, that's how, so you basically get your deal money either way. That's how sure I am. Right. So, like, so no matter like what, that. 
when you know somebody as little much money. as little as Aldemir and Holmes know each you other, just you just it. can't make a deal, no matter who the middleman may be. Yeah, and in fact, by the way, for all of you out there who may end up making deals, just don't do it just because someone's famous and you've heard of them. Some of those guys are fucking bastards who will absolutely fuck you over. Yep. So just be aware of that. I don't think David Peters is going to fuck you over, but there's lots of guys who will. So weird to single out David Peters. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Seems like it. I don't even know. I've never met. <laughs> he him. seems fine. He's, he's not going to screw you. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. If, if it's David Peters, just go ahead. <laughs> 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 All right. So now the pot's going to get big because, of course, Aldemir is going to raise. Of course. With his top two, ten, ten seven deuce, two hearts. He's got ten seven of diamonds. He's going to raise to nineteen million. Okay. Seems fine sizing wise, right? Three x. Yeah, but unfortunately for him, Holmes has king queen of nothing. Yeah, nothing's going on here. Time to play. Levy defends the play. Yes, it's been a little while, mainly because it's been Thanksgiving. I haven't, we haven't done a podcast. George Holmes calls. Yeah. He has king of clubs, queen of spades on yeah. ten of hearts, seven of spades, deuce of hearts. Yeah. It's been check raised. I'm ready. I can defend this. Do it. I mean, I don't know if I can defend it well, but I can. T- here's my shot. Okay. First of all, when Aldemir check raises, he's got two kinds of hands mostly, right? He's got big draws. Uh, or draws of some sort. It doesn't have to be big draws, but draws, and he's got very strong made hands, right? Like, he doesn't have, like, a 10, right? It's, like, two pair plus and draws. Yeah. Fair to say? Okay, we're fucked on the two pair plus, as, he, as we see, right? Yeah. That's for sure. But the draws, we're doing very well against, and... We're doing not very ha- well against? Well, okay, no, we're not doing very <laughs> well. we're doing better than against the two pair stuff, two pair plus. We're doing fi- We're beating the draws mostly, right? Mostly. Mostly, because we're beating all the straight draws and almost all the heart draws too, because it's got to be asex of hearts for us to be losing there, right? So it's unless unlikely. We, unless we think Aldemir would sometimes check raise seven X of hearts. Oh, he might. But actually, I don't believe he would. Probably no, not. We, now, George Holmes may not know that, yeah. but, um, but I don't believe he would. Uh, so that, by the way, so... so the normal thing is to say is here, like, you want to at least have the king of hearts in your hand to make this call. But you could make the opposite argument that, like, you, want to, you don't want to have the king of hearts in your hand so that we give more, more draw combinations available to all the mirrors so that way our king, queen, high actually can be good here. So the problem with your argument is ultimately where this argument will end up is where yeah. in your distribution this lands exactly. against all the mirrors range. Of and course. I'm pretty sure you can find better hands to call with yeah. that means you don't have to call with this hand. And let's be clear, like, not only better hands, but hands that, like, are better by rank and also block value. Yeah. Like any 10, any 7, even any deuce right. blocks some value, right? Yeah. So that's a problem. But we don't block the straight draws. We don't block the flush draws. That is that is a positive. That's actually like, per, that part makes it, you know, at least a little attractive. I would not call but it. You're, but you're completely... I would throw my hand away. Like you're so rudderless in this hand. You have nowhere to go. You, you have king, queen, high, and you're just hoping for a miracle turn card to help you out. Also, what's our equity even when we're up against like eight, nine off? It's not that good. It's not amazing. No. I mean, the guy has got what, 10 out? No, he's got more than 10 outs. He's got 14 outs twice. And, and that's, the, that's eight, nine off. What are we going to the other stuff? And if he has eight, nine off, what are we going to call down with King exactly. high? Because if we don't improve, we're just going to lose the hand. And by the way, if we hit a jack on the turn, oh, by the way, our opponent has the nuts now. Well, and at least we're open-ended to a, to a redraw like, yeah. to, to beat him. That's the good so news. So it's, it's a great reason to put in more money with yeah. seven outs. No, that's right. Great. No, it's, a, it's a really good point that one of the cards we'd most be hoping for is really bad news for us. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think the problem is that this hand does not play well turn and river even if we're up against one of these draws, it's really hard to figure out what to do if Aldemir keeps applying. Pressure. If a deuce comes and Aldemir bets again, we're not calling, right? I mean, maybe no. Holmes is. I don't know. Would maybe he... he is. Maybe he's like, the draws didn't come in. I call. Right? Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you got? But you got 10 deuce suited? You got seven deuce suited? What else can you bet here? Which is a fair question. It's like full houses are nothing, right? 
Mostly. Mostly. So that's good. I mean, you can maybe bet 10-7 because you can get called by other 10s. Uh, maybe. You got to be careful, though, now, right? Yeah. Because, like, deuces as well as over pairs. Yeah. Better, you know. Yeah. That, that's it. But still, like, the, what else is even continuing? It, it gets tough. So maybe, right. maybe he is continuing on a deuce. I don't know. You get the old pat on the back for the effort, but no uh, way. I tried. Yeah. No, the, the problem, of course, is the equity. Like, even when we call... Our equity isn't good. We don't block stuff we want to block. And like you said, we just have better hands here to do this with. And Aldemir has not been messing around too much in this match. No, no it's, okay. not, it's not like he's just trying to take all these little shots. He's, he's really not. He's, you would, you would think he would be interested in just picking off George Holmes. Because yeah. if I recall, and I wasn't watching this, but I've read a lot about this, and of course we talked about it too, that Holmes mostly, and this is going to end up being interesting for this hand, but Holmes is like when he's bluffing on the river, he's going really big, and when he's value betting, he's going really small. Yep. Aldemir knows this. He's getting streaming, all the information on the stream a half hour later anyway. So you got to think, like, I don't have to play, like, weird bad pots against this guy. I can just sit back and crush him. Yeah, I mean, Holmes is a genuine amateur, right? right. Like, he really is, like, he, for the whole final table, he really was betting, like, Really way too small for value. And there were times when he, he bluffed $25 million into like $13 million on the river one time. It, was, it worked, and it was cool, and it was fun to watch. Yeah. But it was like, he's never doing that for value. Right. Like, you learn that later. Right, so. right, right. And so Aldemir's had a chance now. Like, because it's a streaming situation, he gets all the information. Yeah. Right? And he's got friends who are watching all this and definitely giving him updates throughout, probably on his phone, as yeah. well as, you know, maybe even on the rail. So he knows every hand that Holmes is playing and what he's doing with every hand. And Aldemir is one of the better players in the world, right? So yeah. this is a problem. Yeah. And so from Aldemir's point of view, yeah, you just don't think he's going to get really loosey-goosey crazy because there's no need to. Right. And, Ald- and Aldemir has not been, which is right. a, another, it's a major problem for this call. with. Cam- I mean, even if he had been getting loosey-goosey, this is a hand you can still dump. I agree. Like, we generally want to call with hands that, like, have a chance to make a big hand on the turn. Like, maybe we bet jack nine on the yeah. stop. So at least we have a gutter and an overcard. That makes more sense to call when we're this deep, where you're like, well, I mean, at least if I call and I hit my miracle, maybe I can get it all. Yeah. But this, what are we hoping to we hit? We need two cards. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. We think maybe a king or a queen is going to be But that's good. not like an amazing card. No, we, we don't feel good about putting all our chips in with one pair. That's yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, a jack is interesting, but is it that interesting? Now we've got eight cards to yeah. make a big hand, and, or we just make one pair sometimes... Is that good or bad? We, we can see that would be bad, but we don't know. We're just guessing way too much, and we don't have to be. Yep. This goes back to maybe we should have checked this flop, right? Yeah. Like, we don't have to put ourselves in this spot with this hand. This hand plays perfectly fine just to see the turn. Well, I think your analysis of the bet was, was correct. It was, like, probably checking is preferable, but betting is fine. Yes. But if you, bet you, if you bet you can't call the raise. Right. You just have so many other hands, as you mentioned. Like, you've got a lot of air and you have some really good hands. And even if you're calling with you know, no pair, you've got way better hands to call with that are no pair. You've got flush draws. You've got straight draws. You've got ace highs. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are. Yep. With $52 million in wow. the pot. I mean, Aldemir's got to be licking his chops right now. Like, Just like you would be if you were on nitrogen right now. I would be licking my chops, and I have them. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think I don't have chops, Grant. I know you got chops. I feel like... Not just you, the listeners right now, they're like, I'm not sure if Jonathan has chops. I have chops. Well, you know, there's a, a link in the description there that'll help you chop it right up. Mm. Take you to Nitrogen. That link, if you sign up using it, will give you access to the monthly Poker Guys tournament, which is the sickest, the greatest, greatest iterative value in poker. The most incredible thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's how, that's how it's so good. Nitrogen required that we speak in that voice when we said it. Yeah. So. 
Don't blame us for that. It's a Bee Gees thing once again. It's yet again a Bee Gees thing. <laughs> Nitrogen-Bee Gees combo. Classic. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's sports betting, casino games. You get your money in fast. You get it out fast. 90 minutes or less for your Bitcoin transfer when you bink something. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Pretty damn nice. Nitrogen sports, where dreams take wing. Where dreams go to die. And then they rise again. <laughs> Did I great, save it? Great job. Great job. Really good. Rise again. Yeah, it's a good site. We'll see you there. Use the link, or you don't even get access to anything that we do. Why would you do that? Yeah, don't be an idiot. Come on. Wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Abre abre los ojos. It's vanilla sky time. Nice. All right. Turns the king of spades. Well, that's unfortunate for... Well, I mean, George Holmes now has equity. I guess it's not unfortunate. I mean, he... Yeah. He's got five outs. Now he's going to be really hard Well, he's got more than five outs. He's got deuces, too. Oh, yeah. No, he's got eight outs. It's like having an open-ender. Um... It's going to be a little hard pressed though to, you know, know that he's he's losing. This is a good card for Aldemir overall, I think, right? Even though the equities change, and I guess it goes from Holmes nearly drawing dead to not drawing dead. Yeah, but, but still, yeah. Aldemir's going to know he's not in great shape. I guess if the deuce pairs, he's not going to know where he is. But whatever. So Aldemir, of course, is going to continue betting, right? That's the kind of what you got to do. Holmes could have flush draws. I mean, he can have a ten. He could have made a better. Two pair with this king. King but ten. I mean, king ten is like is right there. Right? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Like, almost any card is going to be problematic for you, right? Yeah. I guess you need a card below the seven to feel good about it. I mean, at least it's not like the eight of hearts, you know? Exactly. The six of hearts. The jack of hearts. There's so many worse cards than this. Yeah. This is a perfectly fine card to try to continue to extract value. Holmes can also have the king x of hearts. Yeah. So this is like a great card. We might get it all in on the turn sometimes because he's an amateur. Yeah. And he wouldn't know not to raise. Um. We have to go with it. I, th- I think we're just sort of stuck to this hand right now, even though it's like, like if we bet and we get raised, we can't really fold. Can no, we? I don't think we can. It's scary. It's really scary. But I think, I think we're trying to maximize value on this hand still. Yeah, I think so too. So Aldemir does bet. He bets 36.5 and 52.4. Yep. What do you think about the sizing? I like it because now it looks like if someone's on a draw, it's probably Holmes, yeah. right? Like we don't have any drawing cards and he called. Like we block some of the most obvious value. So, like, hard have, straight draws. You could have draws. an overpair, you know. Sure. Yeah. That's great. I mean, unless it's king-king, that's yeah. fine. Um, I don't know if he's, he may fold that overpair, but even that's okay. The overpair is outs against us. Kings, deuces, and pairing up. It's not that bad. I like betting big to charge the draws. This is generally what happens on the turn in, you know, high-level poker now. They bet really big. And yeah. So, he's not betting half pot or quarter pot. He's betting, what, 70% of the pot. I like it. Yeah, me too. So he does it, and now Holmes is kind of handcuffed to calling, right? Like I think he has to call. Those those unblocking of the flush draw things really matter now. Yep. Like Aldemir definitely has flush draws in his range. He has a lot of of turned combo draws here. Even does Aldemir ever have? I don't think I don't see how he could have this hand. I can't think of a way he can have this hand. But I'm trying to get into George Holmes's brain a little bit. Could Aldemir ever have like a strong ten and play it like this? Seems- Check raise the flop, bet big on the king turn. No. Seems unlikely, right? He's just going to call the flop. He's never yeah. going to raise the flop with one pair. He's just never. And if do and it. if he did check raise ace ten, which yeah. maybe that he can find a way to justify that. He didn't three bet pre. I mean, it's tough, but yeah. okay. I don't think he was going to bet on the turn, or at least not this big. He might bet the turn. Probably not this big though. Probably not. Also, it's going to be hard to get any more money out of him after this bet. That's yeah. for sure. If, he, if we call again, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Holmes has to call now. He has to call. He's now. beating a lot of Aldemir's range now. He, well, I mean, he's still beating all the draws. Right. Seven X of hearts he's beating now. Yeah. I guess ace X of hearts he's now beating, which he was yeah. losing to. Um, also, Aldemir could have king X of hearts, and now we're in pretty good shape against that instead of like having 
like 50-50 type equity, yeah. we're like way ahead. We're up like 80-20 now or something, maybe a little less because he can hit his kicker too. Um, you know, 76, whatever, 24 or something. He has to call. Yeah. There's no, there's no way you can't call here. So this is interesting, and this pot is now swollen. Yeah, swole. It's super swollen. It's like Jason Kuhn's <laughs> arms. Yeah. After a workout. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> of course. That's the only person I ever referred to when I say swole on this podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jason Kuhn. Yep. Super swole. Arms. Great. Nine of clubs <laughs> is the river. Okay. It does complete a few things. It's yes. not a heart, but Jack 8 and Queen Jack get there. Yep. And 6-8, uh, I guess, if you're going to put that in somebody's range. Yeah. I suppose Aldemir could have all of those things. He can have everything. Yeah. But he has less of the Queen Jack than the other two. He only has Queen Jack of hearts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Holmes has... Some Queen Jack in his range, I guess. Because I mean, he, you would think he only has one combo, but it seems like maybe he can have more. Yeah, than that. But Aldemir probably doesn't know that. I would never think he could have anything but Queen Jack of Hearts here. All right, for Queen Jack. How do you proceed as Aldemir? We've yes. got about a pot size bet left here. Um, there's 126 million in the pot. I think the problem is for Aldemir is what are we getting called by if we were to shove? Because we could shove, right? Uh, or, or nearly shove. We could put in a big bet. I don't think we should shove. No, I don't think we should either. I'm saying like what I don't think we should put cost? in a big bet. Holmes has right. a, Holmes I'm, has 132 million. Yeah. I don't know about a big bet. Right. This is what I'm saying. This yeah. is the problem, yeah. right? Like what are we supposed to get called by? Right. Like 10-9 can call us, but that's not good. No, that beats us. Um King 10 can call us. Is a king even going to call a big bet on the river? Somehow he's king X of hearts? Maybe not. No, I think I think maybe we can get called on like 40 million. Maybe. So, we could bet small-ish. Yeah. Um to try and get called. But the other play, which maybe is a little sexier and better, is to check and let the hearts lose their mind if he's got hearts. Now, if he has 9-10, not 9-10, sorry, 8-9, which just made a pair on the river, maybe he checks check it back. back. Yeah. But maybe he turns it into a bluff anyway. Does he call? Like, I mean, maybe Holmes calls 8-9 on the turn, but I don't think a player yeah. who, who had a lot of skill in tournament poker would call 8-9 on the turn. Maybe it's like Jack-9. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Admittedly. It's actually worse. Uh, but maybe, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he does or not. He shouldn't, but that doesn't mean he won't. Yeah. He might. I don't know. I wouldn't really expect it. I feel it. like it's really hard to get value with a bet here. Unless, I agree. Unless we somehow put Holmes on King X of Hearts, and then we could bet, like you said, $40 million, $30 million, yeah. something like that, and he's just going to side call. I think it's better, like you said, to let the Hearts bluff or sometimes lose less money by checking and like letting and, and figuring it out. Right. Like, like if, if Holmes has 10-9, rather than put ourselves in this awful spot of betting $40 million, getting shoved on, and now we have to like... I guess we have to fold. We can check and let him bet. You know, we already saw, by the way, his value bets are tiny. Yeah. Right? So he's going to bet small if he's got us. We can just call that. We're not going to fold. I don't know if Holmes would bet 10-9, though. Two pair? Yeah. You think he's going to check it back? Oh, no, sorry. Check? I don't know if he would shove if we bet 40 Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh that. You're yeah, right. Okay, you fair enough. He yeah. may not shove that. That's a really good point. Um, but let's say he's queen jack of hearts. Let's say he's king 10. Whatever it is. Like, we can check. Maybe we do better because he's going to value bet small. Yeah. Right. So we lose less when he's ahead, and if he's if he bluffs, he's going to bluff big. We know that about him. So he's going to. So then we get a, we capture more chips and lose less by checking. I think. Good setup, Levy. I like it. Thank you. I know. Good setup. I really worked hard to set that because Aldemir checks, which makes perfect sense. Of course. Holmes moves in for hundred hundred thirty two into one hundred twenty four with king queen. Uh, here's the board. It's the uh, ten of hearts, seven of spades, deuce of hearts. King of spades, nine of clubs. He's got king queen for one good top pair. It's been check raised and bet on the turn. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk. So about based it. on what you were saying about Holmes, this is a bluff. 
Because he bet big. I don't believe it's a bluff. I think what actually happened here is Holmes has been waiting for a little while now. He realizes that everyone, maybe they're talking about even on the broadcast. I don't know. Like his big bets are bluffs. His small bets are value bets on the river. Maybe his friends have mentioned it to him. And he's decided he's going to flip it. Yeah. I think he's flipping it right now. He's like, I'm going to bet. I think he's, he's got a plan. Not for this hand, but in general, for this period of the tournament. That once he hears this, okay, next time, I have a really, next time I have a good value hand on the river, I'm going to bet really big. Instead yeah. of go small, because they all think that's a bluff. I'm going to get hero. This is going to be great. And I think he took that plan and just put it right into action and didn't like go the extra mile. Yeah, because this feels like a hand that, that falls in the either small value bet or check back category. I think this is just a check back when we get check raise and a big bet goes in on the turn. I think we just check back and assume we win a lot. Yeah. I guess we could go small value bet, try and get called by a hand hoping to pick off hearts or something like that. Yeah. yeah. The problem is our small value bets are always super strong value. So how are we supposed to get called? It's tough also to imagine what hand is going to call us when we do a small value bet. Like, Aldemir has to have a 10. Which, just a 10, which, which we know we can't have. Yeah. So I don't we, think... Or we believe. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I think a check back is probably the play. I mean, when Aldemir starts the hand and he, uh, check raises the flop, he usually has, as we've been saying, two pair plus or a draw. What I guess you could have king X of hearts and have a worse king yeah. and consider calling a medium-sized value bet. Yeah, that's what, that would be what we were targeting. That's all we're targeting. Yeah. That's not enough. No, I don't think so. He may even find a fold anyway. When we call the check raise on the flop, call a big bet on the turn, and then bet on the river. Yeah, he might. He might just find a fold. He He's might. good. Yeah. I think we just have to check. I think it's a very natural check back here. The pot is huge. Like, we basically have a little more than a pot-sized bet left. Like, wh- You'd hate to make a huge mistake here, right? Yeah. It's so, like, it's hard not to make, if you check, you can't make the mistake. If you bet, you're opening yourself up to all sorts of weird stuff. Even a 40 million chip bet is a lot. Like, if we, if we get called and lose, the, it's a massive swing. I mean, I guess if we called and win, it's a massive swing too, but it's hard to get called by worse. Yeah, I think I like your theory about Holmes and why he's doing this. I think he, he got in his head that he has to go bigger for value when he has value. Right. And there's, Nowhere to, to move because we have so many chips in the pot right now. You can't just bet $40 million into $20 million. There's too exactly. many chips in the pot. You have to go all in to make it a big bet. Yeah, and so the problem is this goes, we can trace this all the way back to calling the flop race, right? Yeah. Like, so the plot got so bloated that even hitting this card, it's problematic. Like, we need, we, needed to, we need to be playing smaller pots so that way when we go for our big bluff, we still have some room behind, not our big bluff, our big value play. We still have room and it can be more callable, right? Yeah. And not, not screw us if we're wrong, by the way. Like, he is clearly wrong here. However, <laughs> it's not exactly a, a nice cherry spot for Corey Aldemir no, here. No, this, this is this, a super tough spot. This could work out as an accidental bluff. Yeah. Kelly Minkin style. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Old school, old school. Like the accidental bluff, yeah. Um, so She had a set of kings, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's Got right. Got a flush to fold yeah. by accident. Or a straight, something like that. Yeah. Um, Broadway? Anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. Couldn't the, be Broadway. Anyway, let's I don't remember on. the analysis. Yeah. I don't remember it all. Anyway, here we are. <laughs> what do you do? What's your thought process as Corey Aldemir? <sighs> okay. Here's some things I'm thinking about right away. Guess who just bet huge again? George Holmes. Guess did. who never has it when he bets huge? But he does kind of have it, though. This no, time. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's, done, he's actually done an effective job of yeah. reversing it. Yeah. But as Aldemir... If we if this is the first time he's done this and you were watching, so he hasn't yeah. done this before, right? The I don't really think big so. With not, that, with not actually that having rem- something, not, not that I can so remember. My my first immediate thought would be like, okay, he probably doesn't have it. Like, why would he bet so much? We know he doesn't bet. We know he doesn't bet like this when he has it. Now, I think George Holmes thinks he has it. And I think he is 
doing a cool reverse, but it's exactly the wrong time as it turns yep. out to be doing it. Unless he gets Aldemir to get, make a miracle fold. But if I'm Aldemir, I'm like thinking like, all right, first of all, like check number one, the sizing really screams I'm usually ahead. Yeah. By the way, Aldemir says within like 20 seconds, like this could be it. Yeah. Like I think Aldemir, although he takes a few minutes, is always calling this um, just because he just makes sure. Right. I think part of it is the sizing. Um, okay, so that's the first thing you should be thinking about, right? Just because that feels like such a tell on Holmes. Yeah. Even if it's incorrect this time, it's still something that you should probably be using. Yep. Um, okay, the next question is, what am I losing to? Yep. That's value. So or like a, a set of kings, for example, or king 10. Those we are m- hands. We might have heard, of, heard from those on the turn. We might have. But it's possible. Now, I, don't, I didn't watch Holmes play that much. You did. Is he definitely going to be raising those on the, on the turn, or is he sometimes I, I don't know if I have enough data to say definitely, okay. but um, I could <laughs> definitely imagine raising those on the turn when it's a draw-heavy board. Me too. Me too. It's not unreasonable at all. The pot is very big on the turn. Yeah. By the time Aldemir bets 36 and a half million. I could also see Holmes just shoving or effectively shoving the flop with, with kings. kings when he gets raised. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too, because he doesn't know what else to do with yeah. them, right? Instead of calling, which right. be, got to be better yeah. by a mile. Um, okay. That said, he's got to have at least a little bit of king-king, a little bit more king-ten. Yeah. Right? Queen-jack of hearts. And as we see, I guess queen-jack off are at least possibles as well. Yeah. I assume he's calling queen-jack off on the turn. It's an expensive bet. He's open-ended. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. That's probably not part of Aldemir's calculations, though. It can't be. Yeah. It can't be. So it's just queen-jack of hearts, which is clearly beating us. Right. Jack-eight of hearts also. Jack-eight of hearts. If he has 10-9 and we checked, he might shove that for value. Mm Mm-hmm. Jack, we, we know he would because he just shoved king queen. Jack eight and six six eight of hearts, though you might have heard from on the flop as well. Those are combo draws in the flop. Yeah, if if Holmes is going to play him that way, some amateurs are not going to play him that way. Yeah, they're just going to call with them. It's it's a little harder to know. Yeah, but so there's a bunch of stuff we're losing to. Is the point? What are we beating? King queen missed hearts. <laughs> yeah, missed hearts. Um, it's mostly missed hearts. Eight nine turning its nine into a bluff. Yeah. If does, is Holmes capable of that? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, probably just what we said is enough to make this at least a, a, a break-even type of a call already. Probably, right, but that's right? the thing that goes through Aldemir's head, and he's in the Veo seat, right? Yes, in he the, is. In the Quiwin Veo match, Aldemir's exactly. the Veo. And Veo's ma- massive mistake was never taking these spots because he was like, I can find a better spot, I can outplay this guy. Right, and he never did. Yeah, he never did. So, so here we are. The thing that's crazy is... I understand the pull of that. Well, the thing is, like, we go from, like, starting this hand with, like, 77 blinds effective to, if we're Aldemir, we call and we lose, we've got four blinds. This is over, effectively. Yeah. Like, we'll win once every 20 times or something like that. But it, we're effectively losing the whole, this is the tournament. Yep. So this is a $3.7 million decision. This is not straightforward. No, and this is, Aldemir almost certainly has all of himself or has yes. some swaps out. He might have some swaps out, but nobody, be, he's nobody, got like 70% of himself. At least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. He's, he's not being put in. So like, this might be the biggest moment of Aldemir's poker career. Yeah. It probably is yeah. the biggest decision. Yeah. Like in terms of the dollar leverage yeah. or whatever. I think that's probably right. If I were Aldemir, it'd be incredibly hard to fold because he bets so big. Yeah. That would be, if without that piece of information, like if I didn't know if he was appropriately mixing his big bets, Previous to this, I think I might find a fold as Aldemir. I mean, the, the veil in my ear, though, is saying, we still have 50 big blinds, and we're way better than our opponent. I why know. would I take this spot when I could find a better one? Yeah, I hear that, and it's, that's why I'm saying, only because I know every time he's bet like this, he hasn't had it. Right. So now I can call. But, um, and every time he has it, he bets tiny. So what the hell? Of course I call. Right? And, but, but without that piece of information, I think I'd probably find a fold, because I can come up with so many hands that are beating me. 
massive credit to Corey Aldemir because he does make the call. Yeah, he, I think does that's, it, he does it for real. That's true execution, right? Yeah. That's like really executing the plan. And and that should be expected, I guess, of, of a main event champion of Aldemir's status. We were talking about before this show that Aldemir is by far the most accomplished main event winner at the time of his winning yeah, of the main so. event. Yeah, so like if, if anybody's capable of like cutting through the bullshit and using his what he truly told himself he was going to do and actually using it and doing it even though it feels marginal, even though he just knows he's supposed to do it, yeah. and he actually did it. Like a lot of guys, I think, are going to find a tight fold here. Like you said, 50 blinds, I'm better than this guy. He's giving it away. Yeah. But when he does what feels like such an obvious tell... Like, how can we fold? How yeah. can we fold when he does that? Even, even, though, though, even though it turns out he reversed it, I Yeah, think. he wasn't even doing it, yeah. Like, and to be clear, the, one of the reasons why I think Holmes is not bluffing beyond everything else is because I watched his face really carefully, right? Yeah. So, like, while Aldemir's thinking and while Aldemir even finally calls, Holmes turns over his hand not, like, upset. He, like, turns it over and he's not sure. Yeah. He's clearly not sure. So, and Aldemir says almost immediately, I'm, this might be it, which means cannot feel good to Holmes. No. He's, he's supposed to go into a serious tank before and not think, like, maybe I'm going to call right away. That's bad. Yeah. Right? Holmes still thinks he might be ahead, though, when he turns it over. He's not sure. So, to me, that means he can't be bluffing. Because, like, when these guys are bluffing with a hand like this, they, like, make the face. They're, like, nice hand. They, they, they're slow to turn it yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. None of that happens with Holmes. He was value betting. He just... Just pick the wrong spot. What an explosive end to a main event. I don't know if I can think of a more explosive one. It's hard to think of I mean, of there's anything. a Scotty, the Scotty Wynn thing. Oh, that was amazing. You can call it's all over, baby, yeah. Um, in terms of size of, like, like depth, I don't think the John Sin, uh, Tony Miles last hand, those, they were relatively deep, though, weren't they? I think Sin had a pretty big chip lead at that time. Tony Miles, though, I think shoves the... Does he shove the river or the turn? I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, Tony Miles, like, massively overplayed a zero equity hand and since still thought for, like, ten minutes with yeah. Trip Jacks when a good kicker. But whatever. It's the main event. It's fine. Yeah. Um, this is an incredible hand that actually... It's amazing this really happened. Yeah. And Corey Aldemir's got it. But sometimes must, like, wake up and be like, did he, did he have it? Did I lose? <laughs> Do I have four blinds? <laughs> yeah. You know? Am I naked at the World Series and all the lights are on? And I don't think, I don't think Holmes should have too many regrets. I mean, like, what an incredible run for him anyway. It's, it's hard not to have regrets on a $3.7 million difference, but... What were his chances of beating Corey Aldemir when they're deep stacked in the end, ultimately? I mean, if I'm Holmes, I sit there and I'm like, I mean, it kind of worked. It just, it just, I didn't have the right hand for it. Like, yeah. I got him to call with, in a, in a tight spot that he might have otherwise, he might not be able to, he might be thinking any of this, but, I, but you know, but like maybe he is too, because he probably is watching right yeah. a lot about this now, because that's such, an, such a crazy hand. Uh, it, it, like, the plan worked. I just had the wrong hand for it. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I, I sort of did bamboozle the great pro, but I, you know, but then, but he, but then he, uh, too many levels either ahead or below him. But he got, but he got three point seven million more dollars than I did. But he still got what? Like, was it four point three? Four point three million dollars. I mean, come on, that's that's more than I've won. Yep. In any tournament playing poker. Yeah, that's it's a pretty I'm good admit that pretty good payout. It's and, a pretty good payout, and that's how Corey Aldemir won the main event. <laughs> well, would the solver have won the main event, Jonathan, or was it just Corey? Um. The solver clearly would win the main event every year. By the way, yeah. no, first, no, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. It's perfect. Agree to disagree. It cannot, it cannot, be, bro- it cannot be beaten or broken. Uh, but yeah. I, I think there should be a cologne called Just Corey. <laughs> 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 just, just you know, having said that now, it just sounds like a cologne. It could, you, I think the tag could be the essence of essence. <laughs> the essence of essence is good. It is good, isn't it? I, I, 
Before we get to the silver stuff, have you? <laughs> yeah, I don't really see commercials now except for when sports are on. But and rarely is there a cologne or perfume commercial during sports. But it does happen sometimes. It does. Have you seen some of these things recently? Um, They're getting more and more ridiculous. I mean, they have some famous person. Yeah, like Jared Leto is in right, one. and then it's like he's like sailing and whatever, doing some other weird. Natalie stuff, right? Portman is in one. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, how much do you think these guys are getting paid to do these? So much, like. Like five million dollars, ten I mean, million dollars, something like that. Maybe right? not little, but Natalie Portman is A list, right? Like, Near, uh, if she's not A list, she's B list. I yeah. mean, she's she's got to be. She, how much is she making for the new Thor movie, where she's going to be Thor? Like a lot. The solver really would not want to pay for these actors. <laughs> I think. I think it's not. It's not I mean, plus EV. Dior obviously thinks it's worth it, or whoever's paying yeah. these guys, you know. But it's. They also do these. These are international campaigns, right? So they're picking stars with worldwide appeal. They think yeah. so they can run this campaign everywhere. Still, it does seem very wasteful. And all the studies I've seen on advertising is mostly like advertising mostly doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like rarely is it very useful or work. Of course, it works a little bit here and there. But like something like the the expected value return is something like one percent on advertising. It's like really, really, really bad. Cool. Keep paying us sponsors. Anyway. Oh, God. Um, Don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So let's get to the hand. Okay. Those commercials are ridiculous. All right. So uh, on the flop, home should be checking. That's not a surprise. We we wanted him to check on this board. Yeah. But he bet. Uh, the solver agrees with us. Aldemir should raise 100% of the time with his hand. I can see why. I mean, of course. Now, slightly surprising. The solver likes Holmes' call. Yep. Well, um, it's because he doesn't have a heart in his hand. So that's like the opposite, I think, of uh, how we might have thought about it, right? At least right, but you can past. see why it would want that, right? It of wants Aldemir to have more heart draw combos. So yep. not having a heart is good then, because then we unblock the bluffs. And of course, this is also not only is it a heart; it's a heart that isn't uh, isn't a pair. There's no pair. Right? Yeah. So that's that's what you'd want to, of course. Right. So. So no, no. So heart wants some guys. It feels really thin to call anyway, man. I gotta say. Of course it does. But at least it's a wet board where a lot of draws exist, right? Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. This was done by Wesley Cannon, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Wesley. Wesley Cannon, one of our solvers. Whoop, whoop. Nice. Turn. Wesley Cannon crushes the turn at all times. So does Corey Aldemir. He's supposed to bet 100% of the time. Well, yeah. Not a surprise. This queen obviously is good for Holmes. Uh, Wesley didn't even talk about if Holmes should call with King Queen because I think he was like, it's obvious he's supposed to call with King Queen. Isn't, isn't it a king on the turn, not a queen? King, excuse yeah. me, yes. Not a queen. Yeah. But yes, Holmes is supposed to call. Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. And then we are at the Fatal River in, on which the main event was won. Yes. This is, this is interesting stuff right here, I think. This is where the solver starts to deviate from what Aldemir did. Yep. It wants Aldemir to bet all of his combos of 10-7 all the time. Yep. Uh, he was given the option to bet 60 million chips... And it says, yep, do that, no matter what. Yep. D- definitely do that. It wants him to bet as thin as ace-10. Yeah. Which is pretty thin now that we've made it all the way to the river. But all the draws did miss, right? Yep. So you figure, like, if you're getting heroed, you might get heroed. Like, mm-hmm. a worse 10 absolutely can call here. Like, it may not, but it can. It's possible. Yeah. Um, it does want Holmes to bet, but it does not want to go all in. It, it has a little bit of all in with his hand, but yeah. it would rather he bet $60 million. Something like 9% of the time, it's cool with the all-in. Which, you know, seems high. Like a game three disaster. It does. It does. Um, yeah, I would say so. Uh, but yeah, but it doesn't hate the uh, a, a more normal size bet. The 60 million bet, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, you should probably bet if you're Holmes. I would, if you get checked, I don't say how you don't bet King Queen yeah. here. That seems absurd. And uh, Aldemir is supposed to call 99.9% of the time. So Holmes got unlucky 
They didn't find the point one. The one out of a thousand times yeah. he's supposed to fold slash raise. Yeah. Yeah. He can't raise, obviously. Obviously, but I'm that's he really can't fold either. No, he can't. I mean, actually, pros do fold in this. Spot I mean, Oliver sometimes. took some time. Now, of course, it's a huge spot. He said immediately. This could be it. Yeah. This is probably it. So I think this was like like we talk about um, John Sin, where he took five minutes to call. Other players do this, too, in these really, really big spots. They just make sure, which and, is fine. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Solved. We, um, we took it. We Sherlock Holmes the hell out of it. And here we are. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.